Hey there. Good evening, good evening. Tonight we um, are going to be discussing a topic. Um, what is your response when life gets dark? And it's a very heavy topic. Uh, if I'm honest, it's not necessarily a fun topic and something that I think anyone wants to talk about. Um, and we even uh, kind of just went back and forth on whether or not we should talk about the darkness. I think it's so hard of a topic and I think that um, we both felt that God was asking us to and so here we are. We're just going to try to be obedient and talk about um, things that really nobody likes to talk about and this last week alone uh, we have had so many of those dear to us and near to us that have gone through some really, really dark, hard things, um, just lots of loss. And so I feel as though it's a topic that needs to be discussed, and I don't think we talk about it enough in the church, and I don't think we talk about it enough um, just as believers. And so um, so here we are. Yeah, I, and that is, it is a reality. Um, you know, one of the things this week was simply that, um, you know, not having anyone to talk to and, and being open about that. And I think so many times it's, it's easy when we did our marriage Mondays, it's easy to talk about the things in marriages that we can make laugh and joke and, and have a good time and, and speak life into marriages. But, you know, we've come to realize that the reality is all of us are going to have dark moments and, and all of us have moments that in our world, they're the darkest moments that we've encountered. And uh, whatever that looks like for you, it may be different for us perfectly, but we're all going to have those moments. And it's in those moments that you really are trying to find out, man, what is my way? Where am I going? What am I, do I get up out of bed this morning? Because I feel like I can't. And Dee and I really have only known one thing ever doing these, and it's been real and, and authentic. And so, yeah, this isn't one of the, the funnest topics, but the reality is we believe that through this message that God is showing us as we ourselves are walking through it, uh, we believe there's going to be healing. We believe there's going to be wholeness. We believe there's going to be um, marriages that will be better for it for when that time comes. You talk to anybody who has have gone through dark moments, and uh, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. There's a lot of loneliness. There's a lot of questions. There's a lot of anger. There's a lot of there's a lot of sorrow and sim I mean, there's a ton of of emotions. It and doesn't so, even not just have to be marriages. I mean, we all go through different things and. Obviously, we're walking out the toughest season of our life, and uh, I, like I said, we want to be as vulnerable and as honest as possible, but uh, we're still in it. So that's why I think it's so hard to be as vulnerable and honest because we're not still, um, we're not healed. So we're we're just trying to be as transparent as we can while we walk through the process. Healing, healing, and healing is going to be a lifelong thing for us. Yeah, I mean, this is it's our new it's our new reality. It's our new normal, and so. Um, you know, we've said it before, we'll forever, we'll forever walk with a limp now. Um, so we're learning that healing process, and we're thankful for the people that God's put in our path to do this. Um, you know, I've there's something that, that I've preached uh, before. It's something that I've talked about. It's something that is uttered so many times um, from platforms, and it's this, First Peter 5, 6 through 8. It says there, this, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God so that he may exalt you, at the appropriate time, casting all your cares, worries, and concerns on him, for he cares about you. And, you know, 
going to be honest with you, this is casting all of our cares, all of our worries, all of our concerns. Um, you know, I think these are these are words that eloquently roll off our tongue. Yeah. It's the word of God, so it's absolutely true. Like that is what we're supposed to do. That is the only thing that remedies it. When you go to the throne and you cast to him, you give to him, you walk it out with him. But you know, the reality is in seasons like this and some families that we've encountered this past week that are going through their own thing right now, it is hard to put into practice when you're in the middle of it. Yeah, for sure. It, I mean, easily said, yeah. but so hard because the pain is still, it's real. It's authentic. It's real. And no one can tell you that it's not. No one can say blink and now the pain's gone. Mm -hmm. Hey, you've grieved enough. Now move on. That's just not the way this works. There's triggers. There's things. There's memories. Good. That, I mean, there's so much that brings this on that, that these words casting your cares. That's what we want to talk about. Like, what does that look like to cast our cares, to give him our worries, to give him our concern, to give him our, our, our anxieties and our sadness. And so Tonight, we're just going to open that up, and, and uh, that's why we've titled it, What's Your Response When Life Goes Dark? Whatever that looks like for you. It's not our darkness. It's darkness in general. What is your response when life goes dark? Yeah, I think, you know, when you think of the word darkness, darkness is nothing. And I think it, it feels like such a heavy thing, but when you think truly what darkness is, darkness is nothing. It is mm. the void of light. It is no light. So when you have no light, you have total darkness, right? You think about the dark side of the moon and it's what? It's not reflecting the sun. That's why it's a dark. You think about the sky and how dark it is. And if those stars aren't showing up or the sky, sky is cloudy, then it's so dark. And our, our sky would seem totally empty if it wasn't for those stars. But it's just, it's just lack of light. It's just lack of light. And one little flame, one little flicker, one little candle can dispel all the darkness in the room and cast all those shadows and and totally show you that there's there's nothing there to be afraid of. Lack of light is lack of hope. Lack of light can equal fear because of the unknown spaces. And I think when we talk about darkness and you talk about darkness in all forms, right? You could talk about darkness and loss, like what we're walking through. You could talk about loss of job, loss of marriage, yeah. loss of income, loss of, 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 of someone you love, loss of so many different things, right? When you talk about loss, it's, it's lack of something. It's lack of hope. It's lack of light. And um, do we, we all feel it. Do we feel it? The first thing I want to talk about is do we all feel it? I think we're so scared to talk about it. I don't like to talk about it. I know I'm an empath in nature. So when you feel, I feel. And when my family feels, I feel. And I don't want to feel the darkness. And, and, and I think for guys, like for us, for me, you know, if we're honest and, and, and with ourselves, we don't like to feel. We don't like to feel. Like we want to put that compartment away, emotions and, and feelings you know, for guys, as we come up, you show emotions, that's, that's vulnerability to be in less than those around you. I mean, the key, you know, what you te teach kids from a little age is don't show emotion. Come on, hustle, hustle, show your hustle. muscles. And, and, and you get to this place and it's like, man, I've learned my whole life to not be vulnerable with my emotions. Now I've entered the darkest season of my life. There's a real impasse now of this road of going, I don't know how to express myself. Yeah. I've been told to not be emotional. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to put my head down and I'm going to go through it. 
man, I'm thankful that when, when God, when I gave my heart to the Lord, I'm thankful that he had touched that emotional bone in my body. Cause I don't know what I would do now if I had days where I couldn't just cry. I couldn't just let it go. You know, this is a real, real thing. And so guys, I'll tell you, we got to start, we got to start working that out. What does it look like? And I'm going to be honest with you. One of our hardest things is when she goes through her emotion and now I got to come alongside her. Like I got to get in that moment and I got to feel that's hard for us because so many times it's like, man, if I get in there, I'm going to get emotional. So now I got to not get in there and not handled properly. Man, there can be real tension in a relationship, real tension. So it's being able to go, man, I see my wife. I see the hurt. I see this is a weak moment. This is a, this is a hard day. You know what I got to do? I got to touch that emotional bone in my body and I need to get in here with her and I got to be able to tap into something that I don't like to tap into mm -hmm. and I need to feel with her because we're in this together. You know, and we've talked about that. You know, this is one thing that in our marriage, um, you know, when we talked about our marriage and the failure in our marriage to begin with, Dee had to go through that pain herself because it was pain that I caused. And so she had to walk through that pain that I was on the other side set free and I'm like, Okay, come on. Uh, what do I do here? I uh, just kind of be quiet. I don't know what to do, what to say. But this one here, we're both in this pain together. I mean, we're trying to compute and walk this out together. So we got to be able to feel each other's emotions. We got to be able to go in there and go, man, your world is dark right now. How do I, how do I come inside that? How do I hold up your arms in this moment? In John twelve forty six, it says it like this. It says, I've come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. So that's the NIV version. ESV um, says that they may not remain in darkness. And um, King James Version says uh, they should not abide in darkness. Um, you know, I think it's so, it's so great that God's saying, okay, you're going to have darkness. And I think we're so scared to talk about it that he's saying, even though you may be there, you don't have to stay there. Yeah. And when you are there, let me tell you, you feel like you're going to stay there forever because mm -hmm. we're still there. Some days we're still there. Yesterday I was there. <laughs> and so, you know, his word says that we don't have to stay there. We don't have to dwell there. We don't have to abide there. Yeah, I found it. I found it very interesting. That word abide, when you look up the definition, it literally means to live or dwell. And I wonder how many times that that's what happens. We get in these dark moments and then we just kind of, we put our foundation there. We take root because it's what we see. And so that must be the truth. That must be the reality. And we anchor ourselves in something. And God says, hey, listen, when darkness comes, don't find yourself dwelling there. Like you've got to pick your head up. And how do you do that? You, that's when it's casting yourself to him. That's when it's running to the throne. Because if you don't, man, you can get in that darkness. And I promise you. That dark gets dark and it gets real dark. Yeah, and you feel like you're going to be there forever. You know, it doesn't matter. Um, it doesn't matter what the darkness is for you if you don't allow yourself to fight against it, if you don't allow yourself to understand or believe those words that God's spoken into our, our situation, then it, it literally feels like it's, it's totally right. hopeless. You know, even Jesus had this moment on the cross, right? that he felt as though he had been forsaken. Jesus, the Son of God, literally says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So my question as I'm looking and I'm studying, I'm like, did God forsake him, like totally leave him? And some, some pastors I've heard preached even say, well, God couldn't look on sin. God had to 
to, to abandon him, but God doesn't, doesn't abandon us in our sin. So why would that be the case? I don't believe he was abandoned, but Jesus felt the whole human weight of that darkness and he felt alone. When we're walking through depression, loss, all of the divorce, all of these different things, we can feel so alone that we feel as though God has totally turned his back on us. But God's word says that he didn't because what, three days later, he had this amazing resurrection. So he didn't turn his back. He didn't. He didn't leave. He proved that three days later. It was a human condition of his aloneness that he was feeling. The father didn't cease to love Jesus, even in the hardest moments. Have you ever taken um, a child to like a medical appointment? And unfortunately, we've had to do that multiple times with the kids, broken bones and whatever. And, and the doctor has to do something yeah. that you know is going to hurt your child. But you know for the betterment of the situation and their healing and their wholeness in the future, that has to happen. That pain has to happen. Yeah. That's kind of what I, see, I picture God the Father doing. He knew that that had to happen, that his son had to give his life for us to be able to have that hope to come out of the darkness. And so he didn't leave him. He may have turned his face from him, but he was there knowing that he had the best plan and best intentions going forward after that moment. You know, I think about a time, and, and we have had to do multiple medical things, and I'm not the medical guy. Like, that's not typically my jeeves to handle all that with the boys. And, uh, but I remember one time we had, to, we had to get an allergy test with, with Logan, and uh, he was having severe allergies. And, and I remember they did this 42-prick test. And I remember sitting there watching like all those those needles pressed down in his back. And then I remember watching his back just start bruising, like swelling up. There was bubbles everywhere. And uh, as a father, I sat there going, man, how do I like I, I how do I take this from him? Like, I, man, what, what is it that I did? like? I, I need to take this from him. But then as we left there, I remember us talking about. Cause I was so angry. Like, man, couldn't they just give me medicine? Like, why are we doing all these pricks? Why are we doing all this thing? And I remember D saying, man, we got to do these things so that we can get him on the proper medicine. So we can know what he's not going to be able to do, what he can't eat so that we can begin to see some healing. Cause right now he's in a condition that nothing good is happening. So we've got to go through a little bit of pain, but on the other side, Kurt, it's going to be, and I just, man, those were such wise words at the moment. And, and here we are now. And it's like, man, we are, and, 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 our, and our hope, our trust this whole time, from the time, you know, that news happened on May 31st, our thing this whole time was, God, we're in some serious pain. Like, this is not good, but I, we do not believe as a couple that God has turned his back and gone, well, kind of on your own now, like, you know, do the best you can. We do believe that we're in a season where God is looking down and going, son, I know, yeah. I know this hurts, and I know what you're trying to battle and I know what you're going through. And again, we, we just want to continue to reiterate, listen, our situation is our situation. We just want you to think and be open to what potentially is that situation in your life or in your marriage or in your children's. Cause that's the other thing. It may not even be for you. You may be hearing this because your child's about to walk into a situation and you have the ability to go, man, what is it in this situation that we're going to learn that we're going to lean on God and we're going to grow from so that on the other side, we see 
goodness in the yeah. land. And we walk through these horrifically dark seasons and we can feel so alone and we can feel so forsaken. We have to hold fast to his word that he says he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. We might feel like it's so dark, but the light is still there. The light is still there, even though that's not what it feels like. His word is true, and we have to believe that. Yeah, this is one, as, as we talked about this, you know, I kind of, just in complete honesty, it's like, you know, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. And uh, again, very easy words, words I know to be true. But I just want to be, I want to be authentic in this moment, okay? And I just want to be real and vulnerable. And I promise you this, God and I have had enough conversations of me listening and God speaking and me speaking and God hearing my heart that, that I can say this very easily. You know, we know that God never left us. But, I mean, if you've ever been in a season that was so dark, though. You truly, that's not the way you feel. Yeah. I, you, I, I'm telling you, we've had moments that it was, I mean, like doing business with God. Like how in the world, you know, and I, I and to be very real for y'all that know us and, and who we are as a family, you know, years ago, years ago, we gave our lives to this game. Like this, this thing that God called us to, that he appointed us to this mission of ministry and Man, we D did an amazing job raising three godly young men who amazing. loved the Lord. But we, job. but we taught them to love the church, to serve the church. Like, by all intents and purposes, and like, man, we we did what God had asked of us. You gave us these children to steward. We're going to steward them well. We did it, and and yet now this. This is what our story is. Like, that's how you can feel like in any kind of loss. You know, in like, any kind of loss. Yeah, that's, and that's what we're loss. getting at. Like, God, I may be tithing and yet I can't pay a bill. God, I tried to honor my marriage and now I'm getting a divorce. God, I tried to raise my kids right now. They don't love Jesus. Like, you got to understand, it's not, it's not just our loss. This is mm -hmm. any loss where you begin to deal with these feelings of, man, what in the world? I've done my part. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think what I've gained the most in the last three months and what I've come to realize is, and, and I want to say this with as much love as I possibly can because I've had to, I've had to like cement this in my own heart. The truth of the matter is we do all of those things because we do love God. He doesn't owe us anything. He's given us the one thing in his son, Jesus, the promise of eternal life. And he doesn't owe us anything. So when situations and circumstances don't go our way. That's not when we pin it on God now that he didn't live up to his end of the deal. God has been good, and God was so, so faithful. Yeah. You know, we've been uh, processing a lot, and so um, a question that my, ther my therapist, I've been obviously seeing a grief therapist, asked me that I've been pondering over and over again, and I just felt like I was supposed to um, ask you guys or share it with you guys, and the question was, do I fear the dark? Do I have fear of the dark? And she asked me because she, I was talking about, man, this last week I just feel like there's darkness everywhere I look. Like another loss, another loss, another loss, another loss. Because I keep hearing about all these losses with people that are dear to us. And it just feels so heavy. And I said, man, I just can't, I can't experience another loss. And she said, but do you fear it? Because sometimes you've got to sit in it 
without fear, knowing that you're going to come out of it. But there's a couple different ways to look at that, right? You can either get comfortable in it or you can fight your way out of it. But do you fear being there? Just yesterday, I was very vulnerable with Kurt telling him, man, I, I do. I have fear. I have fear when it comes to, yeah. and I, I don't know about you and where you are, but when you're walking through one of the hardest seasons in your life, you feel like, man, one, am I going to make it out? Two, what's next? And you just have this like doom and gloom feeling of, man, what, what's next? God, am I going to break? Am I going to break? Uh, but she asked me, she said, um, my dear friend also said, that we're going to get more familiar with hearing about loss and seeing dark things because we've experienced it and our lenses have changed. You know, we kind of already have talked about that before. But our lens has changed. So we know a grief that we've never known before. So obviously our hearts are going to ache in a way that they've never ached before when we see and hear of loss, when we hear and see of someone else walking through something. And there's, there's tragedy in that, but there's also beauty in that if we allow it to be beautiful. There's beauty in that when we allow it to be beautiful, when we allow God to use us, which is why we're even sitting here, because it's not fun yeah. and it's not easy, but we want it to be used in some way to help maybe somebody else that's walking through a really dark, dark season. But we don't really need to fear because his word says what? His perfect love casts out fear. If we trust him and know that his ways are higher than our ways, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts, another easy thing to say when you're not walking through the valley, if we truly grab hold of that and believe that, then we can know that even though we don't understand, he's working through it. He's working through it. Mm. We want you to see our mountaintops and no one wants to see the pits, right? I want you to see all the good things that God's done in our family, and I don't want to reveal those dark, hard things. But if we truly believe He is who He is, He's in both. Yeah. He's in both. His yeah. Word says in John sixteen thirty three, "I've told you these things so that you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have trouble. You might. It doesn't say you might. It doesn't say you may. It says you will have trouble. Some troubles are going to be so hard to swallow. Some troubles are going to be." so heavy that you don't feel like you'll ever come out of them. But he says, take heart, I have overcome the world. That's why Amen. our hope Amen. isn't here. That's why we say eternity starts today. It doesn't start on the other side of death. Um, preacher, poet, Andy Squires, I follow him. I think he's just so so wise and real. He's very real. But he said in one of his recent, recent posts, I don't want to hear... And we're talking about the Lord's favor. The favor of God saves you in trouble, not from trouble. The flood will overcome the threshold of your door. That's just the way it is. But God will help you. Mm. But how is up for discussion? And I think we can get too caught up in claiming the goodness of God, but only celebrating the goodness of God in the victories, in the things that our world calls a success. Yeah. But if we have to put on our kingdom lenses and realize that eternity starts now, everything's for a purpose, doesn't end at the grave, then we have to trust that he's in the things that we don't understand, even those dark, dark things. Um, so I wanted us to talk about how we as a couple have handled some grief, not some grief. We're still in grief and darkness um, because we're handling it very differently. And 
it's Real quick, before you get into it, cool. I, it's almost an internal question I almost want you to ponder as she gets into this because this is the real thing. Like, if you take a moment and just think to yourself, how do I handle dark moments in my life? Like, think about that because there's that, that, the variety of answers in that. Do I run to something? Do I run to someone? Do I run to some substance? Do I run... What, how do I, and, and listen, we say it all the time, be honest with yourself, okay? We're going to share how we're grieving, and hopefully that will affirm some of you or go, oh, okay, maybe I'm, maybe I'm doing it. Maybe that is a way. Maybe that's not a way. Or maybe it's a tool that we're about to give you for you to go, oh, I didn't need, oh, that's a way. So, yeah, you know, the word says to take our thoughts captive, and that has been probably the biggest hurdle for me, taking my fears, my thoughts captive. Um, I've had a few people reach out and tell me that they've had bad dreams or uh, nightmares and um, or dreams of our son and I those are pretty much nightly for for me and uh, you know I've, I've sat down and talked with God about it. I'm like man it, it, it's hard enough to take my thoughts captive during the day mm. but at night it feels a little impossible. So how do you do that? How do you take your thoughts captive? Um, I was reading, a, I, one of the things that I do to help myself is read and read and read and read some more. And one of the books that uh, I've been reading, he talks about if you focus on something, you can't not think about it, right? If I tell you to not look at my earring, what are you gonna do? You're gonna look at my earring, you know? Yeah. Um, Kurt's trying to start eating a little healthier and so if I tell him hey don't think about this milkshake and these pancakes mm, the butter with no, let's think about and that. covered with syrup don't think about it the one thing he's gonna do is he's gonna think about it because you can't stop thinking about something by telling yourself so how do you capture mm. your thoughts and the only way to capture your thoughts is to change them is to distract them is to fill them with something else and so one of the reasons and I just I want to kind of just share because I hope hopefully and you may be grieving totally different you may not, I hope you're not grieving, but if you are grieving or have grieved or are walking through some kind of darkness, I just want to kind of give you some tangible tools that have helped us. And for, for us, it has been different for both of us, but for me, I've had to capture my thoughts by distracting those thoughts. And so that's why I've, I've read so much because I'm trying to fill my mind with truth because what you put in is what's going to impact whether or not and how long you stay in mm, the pit. And and you're when you're walking through something really, 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 really hard, you gotta pick yourself up every day. You gotta figure out how to capture your thoughts every single day. Every single day. And so how do you distract yourself? What do you do to change your focus and not sit there and dwell on what you don't have and dwell on what could be and dwell on what you thought life would be? When yeah. you, you can get so caught up in that cycle, trust me, I know, that you're, you're not able to get out. You're not able to get out. We, you know, sitting under Pastor Ed for as, as long as we have, it's, you know, it's one of those things that, he said he used to say this line when when your expectation and your experience don't line up there's a void there you know and with a person you would fill that gap with trust is what we used to say um, but in a moment like this you know I would I would ask you like 
when your expectation, because that's what we had. We had expectations of what our life would be. We had expectations of where we were going as a family and, and what our son would be and how he would do it. Like we had all these expectations and now our experience, there's a huge gap between our expectations and our experience, a massive gap. So how are we filling it? What are we putting in that gap to be able to sit and do this? We have, God has allowed us the opportunity to talk to many people that I'm telling you, they relate with our story. They've walked through our story in their own way. But years later, years later, they still have a gap that's empty and they haven't been able to move from it and they haven't been able to go because what they put into it wasn't the right thing to put into it. And so, man, this is a, it's a process that's either going to be shortened by what you put into it or that process could be a very long time if we don't put the right things inside to deal with it. And it's okay to deal differently. You know, we, we deal so differently. And being the introvert, um, the things that help me to change my mindset and change my focus and get out of bed, <laughs> um, reading puzzles, for a friend that I know that I can depend on that's going to um, mm. be a bearer for me, um, that I can just sit with sometimes and not have to talk to, but I know that they are for me and that they know me through and through and I don't have to put on any front, I don't have to be fake, I don't even have to hold back. Um, that's been beautiful. Therapy for me weekly has been beautiful as a safe place to go to um, because for me, mm. I have to process and I have to process again and I have to process again and I have to process again and that's okay. That's okay, that's the way that I'm handling. But um, respecting each other and how you're processing differently, no matter what you're walking through, and I even feel led to say, you may be married or dating or have a sibling or a child or a parent that is walking through darkness that you don't understand because maybe you're not there. Maybe you've never been there. But loving them where they're at yeah. is so important. Helping them with who they are is so important because who they are personality-wise and how God created them could be so different than you and that's okay you can't force someone to heal like you you have to heal because God created you differently and we're so learning that process yeah. right now yeah and, I, and I'll tell you that's the biggest biggest thing I can tell you all of us um, know people that are going through grief they're going through darkness times in their life and, and I can tell you um, you know the best tool that you can be to someone is present <laughs> you don't have to know the answer you don't have to pretend to know the answer they don't need scripture they don't need to know what their loss is doing at that time where that like those aren't but to know someone is there to walk arm in arm to walk side by side it's the greatest thing you can be it, it just present be present in someone's world you know for me I am I'm, I'm different right so for me, I am doing, and I'm not doing to distract because doing can be really bad too. I could be doing so much that I don't deal with what's in front of me, right? So then years later, it blows up out of something that didn't even matter, but because I've been harboring so much pain and I never dealt with it right, it comes exploding to the top over something so ridiculous. So I'm not doing for that reason, but I am doing because it puts me in a place where I have to depend on God. He's allowed me to be a, a chaplain for some, some businesses now. 
amazing. But I have to seek God's face before I walk into a, a secular corporation now and give them truth and give them love as I'm dealing with my own. But now I've got to be God's vessel in that moment. So it keeps me pressed in. It keeps me leaned in and locked in to what God's doing. He's allowing me to, to stand on some platforms to declare his goodness of who he is as a father. And, and that keeps me pressed in. And so I am, am honored to be doing, but I'm doing it all under the umbrella of God. If this is what you're asking of me, I'm going to, I'm going to keep marching forward. But God, I'm going to tell you this, I've got to be more pressed into you because that's going to be exhausting. That's going to take out of me what I need you to put into me. So I'm having to really lean in. So, you know, I don't, you, you see two different things, introvert, read, solitude, friends, me, and I'm out there doing it and going and trying to be, but both, both are in a place where we come back together and it's like, man, God is good. This was what my day was like. This is what my day was like. Wow, man, this is, look how faithful God has been. And I'm going to tell you this, just on the marriage side of things, you, you may be in a situation right now and it's been, you know, hey, telling your spouse, man, you just got to get over that. That lost job, you got to move past it, move on, go on. That, that loss, you know, of a, of a relative or a loved one, man, it's, look, it's been long enough. Let's stop grieving. Let's move on. And I'm going to tell you, it's absolutely horrific advice. We can't do that. You can't do that. No one knows how long it takes for someone to grieve. It, it's a process that you have to walk out. Many times we make those statements when it's uncomfortable and we don't have answers. And I'll just encourage you to be the person that's willing to walk in the darkness with someone, not abide there, not live there, not dwell there, not hang out there, but walk through the darkness with someone as God is moving them into the light. Yeah, I'm so thankful that God has brought what I consider just like an army around us yeah. to hold our arms up and do just that. Yeah. Um, and so regardless of whether or not you're walking through something or someone you love is walking through something, if I could just encourage you that exact thing and just, just mimic it because man, it really means the world when someone is just there and someone is um, breathing life and speaking truth into you. Amen. It really, really, really is, um, is all the, all the difference in the world. Um, everyone's story, you know, is different. Um, so how do we get out of the dark? Like, how do we get out of it? I love the quote that says, I don't judge uh, my story by the chapter that you walked in on. Uh, hey, listen, repeat it again. Cause someone may not have caught that. Don't judge my story by the chapter you walked in on. Yeah. Cause had you walked in on our story mm. four months ago, it would have been a totally different yeah. story. And where we are right now in this chapter, although what we're walking through is going to play out through the rest of the chapters, and we know that, but it's changed. Our story has changed, and that's okay, but you've got to be able to see someone where they are yeah. and understand, even if they're doing amazing as a couple or as you know, uh, someone, whatever, success-wise, they had to do something to get there. Right? They had to do something to get there. Christine K says it this way. The devil on his best day didn't take you out on your worst day. So when I think about how to get out of the dark, the best thing that I can tell you from our experience, and that's all that we can go from because we're not professionals when it comes to grief, although I feel like we're... We're, we're getting some OJT. Getting some, it's yeah, on the job on training. The job training um, is to fight it. And I, I say this, fight like hell. <laughs> Fight it. Yeah. Because 
you may get familiar with heartache. We may be familiar with the heartache that God's given us or allowed us to walk through right now. And the loss and the lens that we've put on is different, but we don't have to allow ourselves to fear it or build our new identity around it and our residence there. We have to fight it. And there are so many people walking through hard things. And if I can tell you anything, I can, all I can say on this side of the screen is to fight it. Have you ever walked around your house in the dark when all the lights are out and you don't fear it because why? You know where everything's at, right? You kind of just know your way unless a kid or somebody leaves something and then you trip over it. But, but besides that, you don't fear it. You know where everything's at. You walk through with confidence. You may walk to the fridge or whatever. But when you're in an unfamiliar environment, yeah. it's, you, you don't want to walk in the dark. You're scared. You don't, so when you're walking through a big trial or a big loss or a big heartache or you know, all of these different things, it's so easy to just freeze and just stay there mm. and to not fight it or to not go, to not move, to not move. New darkness, big trials, but you have to fight it. Verse Isaiah, you want to say the verse? I can. I, I'll tell you this, you know, understand for those of you that may attend church, um, some don't that, you know, what we have learned and and the amount of ministry now that we've done over the last couple of months in some different churches, there are many people sitting in your pews that have taken camp and are dwelling in grief and in hurt. They don't feel the freedom to talk about it, but it's crippling their walk with the Lord and they're battling every Sunday to try to come in there and they're trying to put on the good fight and sing some great songs and get a good word and shout the pastor down and they leave the place and they're crippled with their grief and they're crippled with their pain and they go another six days not knowing how to get out of it. Be cognizant. Be mindful of who God puts you in the path of. Be a good listener. I'll read the verse. In Isaiah 41 saying, God says this, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So in his word, he says that he's a light, right? And we're supposed to be light bearers. So if we know him, his light is in us. If we know him, his spirit never leaves us, right? We, mm. so we've already gone over that. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. But when we walk through dark things, the enemy wants us to think that we're on our own and that our light has been put out. But that's not true. Even if it's just a flicker, even if you're going through the darkest thing you've ever walked through, he's still there. Amen. Amen. He's still there. Even when it's so big, we have two options, right? We can either stay in the dark and not move for fear of hurting, tripping, or getting hurt worse, which is something I just was very vulnerable and said I'm battling. Or we can stoke the flame. His spirit is in us. His spirit is with us. So we have two options. We either stay and we do nothing and we don't fight, or we can stoke the flame. The enemy wants you to believe that there's nothing left, there's no purpose, but his words declare that he has good plans for you, plans for hope, plans for a future. Amen. Are you still here? He's not done with you. Amen. Are you not happy with where you are? 
He's not done with you. Are you wishing your story was different? God knows that we do. I do. He's not done with you. Amen. Our pain is not something that he hasn't felt. He walked this road. He walked here on earth. He felt it. So he can meet us where we are. So my question to all of you and to us is, will we stay in the dark or will we stoke the flame? That would be our biggest encouragement to you tonight that, you know, whether you're walking out of something, whether you're walking in the middle of something, or you're about to walk into something that's unknown, fan the flame that's inside of you. Don't, man, don't, don't equate your circumstances to God's character. God's character is good. We live in a very fallen, broken world. And so when that left hook comes, or if you're walking out of a left hook, fan the flame. Continue to lean on the truth that you've learned. And if, if, if maybe you don't know the Lord and, and so you're walking through grief, I'm going to be very honest with you. It's difficult. <laughs> I, I couldn't imagine it. I, and I, I told this to Danette multiple times in this whole thing. If I didn't know the Lord in this moment, I, man, our story would be completely different, I promise you, because that pain is so dark. So I understand, man, how, how dark it could seem. And I'll just tell you that there is a God that loves you in spite of maybe what you're walking through. Fan that flame. Push others to fan that flame in the timing that God allows. You know, encourage that. Be a good listener in moments like this. Um, I'm going to pray. And then uh, I got a, two announcements. We're going to go over two announcements real quick after we pray. And then we'll go from there. Lord, we love you. And God, we thank you for tonight. Lord, I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that every single person that gave their time to this this evening. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak truth to them. God, that you would fan the flame. Put people around them that would fan the flame. God, that their hope would fall on you. And God, they would see you in a light like never before. God, I thank you that you are a good, faithful father, good and faithful father, God, that loves us in the middle of, of everything that we're walking through. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your son, Jesus. And it's in that great name we pray. Amen and amen. Hey, listen, Broken for Better wants to throw a couple things at you just so that you know. Um, we are trying, if you saw the video, uh, we are trying on October 8th to fill 100 seats um, I think we're about half full already in just a couple days. So 50 seats left or something like that. It's going to be a family uh, building affair. We just want your family to come together to enjoy, to to make memories. That's what we were all about as the share family, making memories. Those that know us know that's what we always did. And so this is one that the theater has blessed us with that. So please check out brokenforbetter.com. Hello at brokenforbetter.com. Email Get your seats. If you got a neighbor, this would be a great opportunity for the neighbor to come and, and watch a great movie and, and just be a part of something that's going to be a unique thing. Secondly, that you may not have heard about is November 18th, Broken for Better is throwing a Make It Count golf tournament. It's going to continue the legacy. It's going to continue to, to build the funds that we can put kids in secondary education, that we can scholarship kids into the dreams and destinies that God has for them that makes eternal impact. All of the, that's what our whole mission and our mindset is, is that we would make it count for an internal purpose. And that's November 18th. So we are looking for, for partnerships. You can check out 
brokenforbetter.com. You want to be a whole sponsor. You want to sponsor the, the beverage station. Financially, you want to serve that day. Um, any of that kind of stuff, we are looking for that. You'll More information is coming about that. We just kind of wanted to put it out here on the front side so you can know that. We love you. We thank you that you spent this evening with us. We know your time is valuable, and so we don't take it for granted. We pray now that you will go and that starting tomorrow morning when you wake up, each and every day, you will find a way that you can make it count with an internal purpose. We love you guys.